you a very brief and quick summary. A teenage girl named Mary becomes pregnant unexpectedly. And, and, and she's so unexpectedly pregnant because, well, she's a virgin. An angel appears and tells her that her baby is a gift from God and is going to grow up and be the savior of the whole world. Mary is an unmarried pregnant teenager, though. And, 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 and honestly, it was way worse back then than it ever is or, or was today. And so the angel, alongside telling her that she's pregnant, she also tells her to not be afraid. Mary and her fiancé, Joseph, travel to a town called Bethlehem, where Mary has the baby in a stable, a stable like for animals, because there is nowhere else to go. There's nowhere for them to stay that night. And shortly afterward, people start showing up. People who have heard that a miracle baby has been born. And there's a lot more to the story, but here's the main point. That God himself came down to earth in the form of that baby, Jesus. A helpless babe. So to us, so many years in the future, the birth of Jesus may seem like a difficult thing to imagine. It's hard for us to grasp and fully understand what took place. So I'd love to show you just a very quick clip uh, of, of Jesus being born. And, 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 and not only is he just being born, some wise men are actually going to come and visit him. And, and the Bible paints this picture beautifully of what joy looks like on that first Christmas morning. These men who, who heard about Jesus coming, they travel from far away to come and see him with their own eyes. So let's take a look at what that might have looked like. of kings, born in the most humble places. God made into flesh.
gift of mirth to honor thy sacrifice. I love this clip because it, it, it just shows the awe and the reverence that these men who, who have never met Mary, met Joseph, have for, for this tiny little baby. It's incredible to think, I, I don't know about you, but I, I've kind of said this sometimes, probably off the cuff of my sleeve of just saying like, man, when I see God, I want to ask him this. Or, or, or when, I, when I finally get to heaven, God, I'm going to finally find out the answer to this. Or, or I'm going to find out what would have happened if I would have changed this in my life. And I think if we have that in mind, we're kidding ourselves. The moment we see God is going to be a moment of just complete awe and reverence, of, of wanting to pour out everything that we could possibly have just to worship the King of Kings. And it's crazy, these wise men, they, they traveled from such a far distance because this moment mattered. Much the same as any historical moment in our lifetime, we can probably place where we were in that moment. I still remember 9-11. I still remember the classroom that I was in. I still remember every single thing about that moment when it struck, when it happened. And that was a terrible moment. What about a moment of joy like this? They, they knew that this moment mattered. They knew that this baby's birth mattered. This baby they knew was going to change everything, the whole world. And, and how did these wise men know this? Well, it, it turns out there was actually a lot of people who knew this. They were looking, they were waiting, they were praying for the coming of a Savior. And they didn't just realize that it would be Jesus. They knew it would be Him. They, they, it wasn't just in a discovery on the day of they were leading up to this moment. All of history was leading up to this moment. There's actually a prophecy that was written years and years and years before the coming of Jesus. And, and even before, well, 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 before Mary and Joseph were even around. Let's read this together. It's found in Isaiah 9, verse 6. second. It's going to be on the screens here behind me. Isaiah 9, verse 6. 
For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That baby may have started out as just that, a baby, but the people who were paying attention knew that he would grow up to be so much more than that. They understood that Jesus would change everything. For the last few weeks, we've talked about some pretty important things. We've talked about hope. We've talked about the hope that we have in Christ. We've talked about love and the love that God has for us in sending his son. You see, Jesus came to earth because God loved us so much that he would do anything to restore his relationship with us. Even give up his power, his position, and come down to earth, live, die, and resurrect back to life, all for you and for me. Let's turn to a passage in Hebrews 4, verse 14 to 15. This is written after Jesus' resurrection from the dead. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are and yet is without sin. The passage says that Jesus, that that baby that was born in the manger became our high priest. The title may not mean much to you right now or, or, or to me. It's not something that we use a lot. But to the people of Jesus' day, that meant everything. The high priest, you see, was the person who came between humans and God. He was the mediator. He was the person who made peace with God on our behalf. Before Jesus, high priests did this with animal sacrifices, with prayers and very specific rituals. And Jesus came to end all of that. With Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, he became the one who can make peace between us and God. He was God. But he also became human. Because Jesus is God, he is our creator, he also chose to become the same as his creation. So that he could walk amongst us, so that he could understand what we would go through, so that he could relate in every possible way to you. He's our high priest. And through that, Jesus changed everything. Jesus came to restore our relationship with God. He came to show us what God was like and to tell us how to actually get close to him. And he did that through creating a way for us to get to him. You see, when Jesus came to earth, he changed everything. And this is why we sing about the miracle of this baby. This is why he is the savior of the entire world and he is born or was born in a dirty stable. It, it, we celebrate the birth of Jesus because we know it brings us life. And not just life, but life to the full. He gives us joy. He gives us peace. He gives us hope. He gives us all those things. And it is through those things that we fully understand joy because Jesus gave it to us. A free gift that he offers to everyone. 
So we celebrate the life of Jesus because of the new life he offers us both now and forever. And it is through Jesus' birth that we are able to celebrate that life. And that's why Christmas is a time of joy, because Jesus changes everything. His birth is our joy. So now what? Now that we know this, what, what do we do with this? Now that we have an understanding of that? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to make this Christmas different. The gift that Jesus offers us isn't only available at Christmas time, of course. The gift he offers us is life, both now and forever. And it is always available whenever we would choose to take it. And if you've never truly accepted this gift before, don't let another day go by, never mind another Christmas go by without it. You can make this Christmas different from others. You can spend this Christmas not just going through the motions, not just trying to be happy, not just trying to find contentment in different things, different situations, different times with people, but fully celebrating the gift that Jesus was and finding joy in that. Because Jesus is our joy, both now and forever, and that joy comes completely from knowing him. So if this is the first time right now as I, as I say this message, as I share this with you, as I share what God has laid on my heart, if this is the first time that you've really started to contemplate this joy, this Christ as your Savior, I want to encourage you to take the opportunity today to respond to him. After the service here, uh, we're going to have some people up at the stage, and, and they would just love nothing more. It would honestly, and I'm not just saying this to be cliche, it would honestly be their joy to talk to you about walking in life with Jesus and, and, and what the difference, what a huge difference it makes to know him. Because I can earnestly say my life has found completeness in Jesus. Even in the midst of mess, and, and let's be honest, Christmas is a season that can be really messy. It can remind us of a lot of hardships and a lot of hurts. But Jesus is our comforter. He's our high priest. He relates to us in every way. And, and he's able to fill that hole, that gap, with his joy in knowing him and, and walking in a life with him, which he wants to. So I pray that as you leave today and as we go through the rest of our week and through our Christmas season, that you would know that knowing Jesus changes everything and gives you true joy. He can even change you, because that's what he does. He brings dead to life. He restores us. So I pray that this Christmas season is an opportunity to connect with God, to connect with Jesus, and to know joy in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity, Lord God, that we had just to celebrate with all those kids and, and their beautiful smiles and the beautiful opportunity that they gave us to worship alongside them and the joy that it brought to see them worshiping you, God. I pray that we would know you both now and forever, God, and that in knowing you, we would find our true joy, which is found in you and in you alone. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.